We recap Miss Universe. We swing through the Spider-Verse. And does Aquaman save DC's universe? Today on Pop Culture Over Pizza. internet welcome back to another excellent episode of pop culture over pizza uh welcome back to our wonderful wonderful show we're approaching the end of the year i'm jose as always i'm here with my awesome co-hosts aqua balrog all hail king arthur metatron here <laughs> this is walt um, elias refinance my home <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but I love it. Um, so yeah, we're getting back to you with another awesome show this week. Uh, happy holidays to those of you who are celebrating all holidays of all denominations. I wish you the Kwanzas and the Hanukkahs and the Christmas and all that good stuff. Um, whatever it is that you enjoy. This week, we're a little too preoccupied with the holidays. We're too busy buying gifts and drowning in eggnog. Haha. Uh, so we're going to skip the geek out for this week and get right into the meat of it. So to start us off for the fashion news this week, I'm going to turn it over to our friend ASAP, or should I say Aqua Balrog? That's your name for this week, I guess. Yes, so Tell us a little bit about the fashion news for this week. All right. So I believe it was this past Sunday that Miss Universe 2018 took place. And it was, yeah. It was quite a show. It Went down to the top ten and then to the top three. Um, for the top three, it was between Miss Philippines, mm-hmm. Miss um, Miss South Africa, okay. and Miss Venezuela, I believe. Okay. So it was at the top three, Miss Venezuela, I believe she was eliminated. So it was between Miss South Africa and Miss Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. And you know it was getting all tense and whatnot, and it got down to Miss Philippines winning. Her name is Catriona Gray. Nice. And, uh, yeah, she won. She's the Miss Universe of 2018. She's half um, Filipina and half half, uh, half, uh, half, 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 something. What, what was but, her name again? Catriona Gray. She, right. She's, jokes the references over I'm here. I'm telling you right now, she's not, um, she's not purely ethnic, like, Filipina. She, That's interesting because, She um, wasn't born in the Philippines. She oh, just went okay. there to visit. Okay. The, the, okay. But she reps Philippines. She's a culturally... Culturally Filipino. Yeah, the, the, the I'm looking at this article here from the South China Morning Post, and the headline is Miss Universe Philippines Catriona Gray. Not Filipino enough? Mm, so, of course. you know. Here uh, they come. I mean, I'm gonna her. I'm gonna say this, man. Like, I don't mean to sound like a hater or anything, but you know, all you know, all respect and congratulations to Catriona Gray for being Miss Universe 2018. But I gotta say that, like, in my honest opinion, I don't think someone should represent a certain country. If they weren't like born and raised there, you feel me? Yeah, well, I, can, I mean, yeah. I, I know. I mean, that goes for a, a lot of people like who weren't born in certain countries, but they want to rep that country. But I'm just saying, like, she shouldn't be Miss Philippines, in my opinion, because she just went there for like a while. You know what I'm saying? She so, is. She is a, of mixed Scottish and Filipino descent. There you go. Born and raised in Australia. Yeah, there you go. And, but she's repping Philippines. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something I don't really understand nor agree with. And oh, but speaking of Australia, Francesca Hung, she was Miss Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's really beautiful. I, I honestly thought she should have made it like to the top five, top three, man. I had Miss Canada winning, um, but unfortunately, none of the ones I favored 
made it all the way to the top three, you know. Did you put some bets on that? I'm sure they do that, right? They put bets on who's going to win for the Miss Universe pageant. Yeah, I'm sure. And the odds on that in Vegas. <laughs> and it was actually through Walt that I found out that um the judging panel was, like, all female um this year for the first time in, like, 67 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right, Walt? Yep. Really? Yeah. Wait, so is it was... the first time ever in the, in the 67 nope. year history, or is it the first time in 67 years? I don't want to say ever. Ever is a strong word. I'm going to just say first time in 67 years. Yeah. The way these things go, it probably was the yeah. first time ever that women got to actually judge women instead of men judging women in the Miss Universe. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not but, saying it should have been like all, all men or something. I'm just saying like... Oh, no, that's like, not, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> saying that you're saying that at all. I'm just saying like these kinds of things tend to take a long time, I guess, for women to be represented in a lot of different industries, including one, beauty, the beauty pageant industry, where you figure they would have been judging that for a very long time. But I'm not going to turn this into something political. In, indeed, indeed. Right there. Indeed. Um, but going back to Katrina Gray, she is Miss Universe 2018. She's beautiful, for sure. Right. Some pictures of her here. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't really make it to Mrs. Universe. Yeah. <laughs> not beautiful. You know what I'm saying? But, um, That's yeah, kind, of, kind of the reason why it's called a beauty pageant. Mm-hmm, you know? Right. So. But, yeah, she's, she's Miss Universe 2018. All congratulations to her. But that doesn't mean I agree with, you know, her representing Philippines. You know, I can understand that. I can understand that. It makes sense. I mean, she doesn't look, I guess, that's, it's kind of hard to say, right? But it doesn't look very much Filipina. I don't want to judge in that way. But Even, it is what it is. Just her name alone, you can tell that she's not, like, purely, like, authentic. Yeah, she's not gray. Like, gray isn't really, it like, really be exactly, a, yeah. a Filipino name, I don't I mean, think. maybe her first name, yeah, but not her last name. Like, you can tell, like, she's mixed. Oh, and this is Miss Australia, or is Francesca Hong, yeah. Yeah, she's lovely as well. But, uh, yeah. We had our winner. It was Miss Philippines. Congratulations to her. Woohoo! Miss Universe 2018 pageant was pretty cool. Oh, I just want to say one more thing. Jose. I don't yes. Know but the last Miss Philippines who won, her name is Pia Wurzbach. She's also um, a mixed uh, mixed person, like wow. person of mixed you know, heritage. She's half Filipina and half German. I mean, her last name is Wurzbach. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's not, I don't know if she was, I think she was born and raised in the Philippines, unlike Katrina and Gray. Okay, okay. But, which I guess she has reverse. more street. Yeah, I think she has more street cred. <laughs> she's actually lived there for like a very, very long time instead of like so she, having the the ancestry yeah. more so, and then just like repping the country just because she had that. So exactly. I get that. Um, but again, congratulations to her, and well, it's it's good to hear that this is another win for the Philippines in Miss Universe competition. But moving on in the news for this week, we saw a few trailers this week. Uh, the One Punch Man trailer came out what's the impressions that you guys have of that it wasn't very wasn't a lot going on there but uh we have a bunch of one punch man fans at the table over here right oh, yeah. you see elias gesturing to himself oh yeah <laughs> big yeah. one punch man one punch! um what did you guys think of the trailer so far it didn't represent much but it seemed pretty interesting to see some new characters um, a couple new ones yeah, there were a couple of new characters, some which we we may have seen, but like briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, King, Didn't he was. Season last season? Yeah, he was in the uh, HQ. Was he? Okay, he probably was. It's been yeah. a while since I've seen. Yeah, it's been a long time. That it's been a while since One Punch Man has been out. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since anybody probably four seen. Four years, one. I believe it's four years. It's been four years since the first season of One Punch Man, so it's been a long time. One yeah. month. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just saw it? Uh, I, I saw it like two times. 
okay. Oh, a month ago? Oh, okay. Okay. It's been like a good six or six months or so since I actually saw the whole run of it. Yeah, I think it's been longer for me. I don't remember what I saw it, to be honest with you. (laughs) The thing that I always remember is uh, the Carnage Kabuto fight. (laughs) Someone that we always always reference and we always show everybody, hey, if you want to see something cool, (laughs) check this out, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he gets all all, insane at the end of the fight when he finds out he's going to miss out on the supermarket specials. That's (laughs) fantastic. That that just encapsulates, encapsulates One Punch Man. I think the other thing about One Punch Man that has to be stated too is that when a show generates that many memes just from like what the face where he's like saying okay when everything's blowing up around him is like a meme now, that also like tells you a little bit about how that show has staying power and how it's pretty freaking awesome. But yeah, the trailer, just like to break it down a little bit, it's just a very quick, we saw it on Instagram earlier, it just shows a couple of the characters, it gives you a little minor info about them, they all say something it seems like on the trailer. What about 30 seconds, maybe it's like a yeah, it's really, really quick. So, we're definitely looking forward to that. There Um, is some, there is some controversy regarding that, though. What is there? So, so the thing is, you know, all the One Punch fans have seen this trailer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what's interesting about it is that they are railing against the animation style. The people that animated it for the first scene is is not back. Why, why? What's wrong with the so, so I guess they, it was hard to see because it was a slightly yeah. It, it's it seems like it's um it's a different style. It's so when you were talking about the meme that just clicked right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because the first one was so original in the fact that you know it had the goofy face, and yeah. then all of a sudden when he really powered up, you got into the real anime it's style here and stuff like work. that. And so, like super serious punch, you get all this crazy stuff. Exactly. So, this trailer kind of leans more towards that anime style. And again, it's really too early because all they're really showing is just like two seconds of each character. But you know how the internet does, right? So they're all there. There, there's reactions to the animation style, and a lot, not a lot of people like it. So. You know, just putting that one out. So the animators, the animators didn't come back, but did like the same people are probably. Running uh, the showrunners, so the same showrunners. So I, I do believe so. It doesn't make yeah. mention of that. I think it'll be okay you know? as long as they keep the same humor, which is what makes the show so appealing in the first place. The action's awesome, of course, too, but it's the humor that makes One Punch Man really cool. Yeah, yeah. like uh, um, like Carnage Kabuto, like you guys. Yeah, said. exactly. And <laughs> also, like uh, maybe Boros and oh Lord Boros in the finale. Yeah, yeah. the finale, bro. Yeah. Like literally, One Punch Man got uh, punched all the way to the moon, and then he just hopped off like it was nothing. No, yeah. no, not even before that. Mind you, he's not even wearing any gear. Yeah. You know what he does? First of all, he can withstand the pressure because he does not explode or whatever. Yeah, he just second he shoots up there, crashes into it. It's fine. But the ba- but the most jarring part of this for me, all he had to do was cover his nose, and he was good. Yeah. <laughs> That kind of humor. So as long as they bring that back, then I think it'll be okay. But, you know, it was a very quick trailer, so a very quick mention. Uh, I haven't seen this trailer yet, so which one of you guys have seen the Doom Patrol DC Universe trailer? Well, it's it's, it's actually shorter than the One Punch Man trailer. It's basically just um, (laughs) them taking a group picture. Oh, like a, oh, that's the lineup thing. Right, exactly. Oh, okay. The takeaway to take from that trailer, though... Mm -hmm. We have Cyborg. Okay. We have the first look of Cyborg. Okay. So, um, and again, the internet is what the internet is. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've heard of um, 
there's been some posts that say that Cyborg looks like a cholo. <laughs> oh lord, it, it's it's very. Let, let me put it to you this way: he looks nothing like the cyborg that we've seen in the DCEU. Yeah, which makes up. sense because you know this is a TV show and the budget is limited. However, he's wearing a tracksuit. Which, so you know, I kind of get it. it. Looks it, like they're trying to like stick to his athletic origins. Exactly. You know, he's an ex football player. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's not as built as Ray Fisher, but uh, there's not a lot of people that are. You know, <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna say also like if we're if we're making a little bit of extra sense here, like why if he became a cyborg would he immediately shed all of his clothes? Wouldn't he, wasn't he be comfortable with wearing clothes for like all the yeah, time exactly. he's throughout his life know? and maybe have like a little tracksuit or something like that? Don't robots get cold and feel naked too? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. But Doom Patrol, it, it does look like a, a franchise that we do want to see. Mm-hmm. We see them briefly in the Titan show. And okay. that's probably one of the best best episodes of the show so far, right? You know, that Doom Patrol episode. Oh, yeah. Where mm-hmm. they, they encounter Beast Boy. Beast Boy comes away from Doom Patrol and joins the Titans proper. It, w- it was okay for me. It wasn't my favorite episode. Mm. It, w- it was okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It wasn't the best, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I'll okay. give it that. I guess I, I, the excitement for me is just seeing them because we have a freaking Doom Patrol series coming out, mm-hmm. which is something that maybe 10 years ago you wouldn't even think about. I, I, I guarantee you there's a lot of people who don't even know what Doom Patrol is. They probably think, oh, is that something to do with Dr. Doom? Mm-hmm. You know? So I guess that's where my excitement comes from. It's like, you know, we're, we're getting to see obscure characters that normally wouldn't have gotten the spotlight. And we're seeing them now on TV and in movies. And, you know, it's it's cool to see where geekdom is coming. Come and how far it's come. This is smart. Admittedly, I don't know much about the Doom Patrol. I'm one of the one of the people who would be a little bit more ignorant on that note. But it's this is something that you have, you figure DC had to do eventually, like really highlight some of their not so big name characters. It's, mm-hmm. it's so successful for Marvel. It's basically been the basis of Marvel. Guardians success. of the yeah, Galaxy. I was just gonna say that right. Guardians of the Galaxy was the first one that they tried out with, right? And it worked perfectly. Exactly, for them. exactly. But even some of their smaller properties from the from the first few MCU movies were characters that were B C listers, not necessarily like a Spider Man, Wolverine, X Men, whatever, what have you. So it's cool to see that this trailer is coming out too. I I feel like the less known characters in each. Um, universe like Mm -hmm. the mcu and the dcu um i feel like the less known characters um have more it it's it's like better well well, how do you mean like because i was thinking when you when you were forming your point i was thinking that something that's good about having lesser known characters yeah if you think about it there's no preconceived notions exactly if you have a spider-man you have a batman this is why you always see their darn origin story every single time except for the newer movies that are starting to realize that people don't need to see batman's and spider-man's parents and uncle like die or get shot or whatever yeah we've we've seen it you can completely restructure a character when they're lesser known you know yeah. what I mean? So um, you can't do that with a super well-known character. And if you do, you get the kind of backlash you've got in Batman versus Superman for making Batman like shoot people and stuff like that. Or right? Superman Dark. Or Superman Dark in like Man of Steel, or mm-hmm. in Batman Superman, he was like just mopey more so. The mm-hmm. Spider-Verse is less known. Uh, a lot of people don't really know about it. But mm-hmm. meanwhile, right now, as in today, it's the it got uh I think at IGN 
rated it like the best movie of 2018. Yep. What? Spider-Man is the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yeah, IGN put out a post and and they said that it is, it was um, Jake Johnson that actually announced it on, on the thing and he was thanking everybody because IGN voted that movie the 2018 not comic book movie of the year, movie the 2018 year, movie of the year. So, All right. You know. Well, good for Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That's something that we'll get into a little bit more yeah. later, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but there were a couple other trailers that came out. Uh, we actually just got a glimpse, or I just got a glimpse. I know you guys saw that a little bit earlier, of the Men in Black International trailer. For me, my impressions are, like I said a little bit earlier, this is the kind of weird thing in movies these days in general anyway. But like, it's always weird when you have... The British character, or the British actor playing an American character, <laughs> as in Tessa Thompson, who's clearly very, very British. We saw her, and that's Valkyrie for for those of you who don't know who Tessa Thompson is in uh, Thor Ragnarok. She's very British. They're going to Men in Black International. I thought the whole thing was that she and Chris Hemsworth were both part of the Men in Black UK team before I saw this trailer. But it still looks really cool. I liked some of the tech that they pulled out, like the stuff that they pulled off the car at the end was pretty freaking awesome. I'm excited about this trailer because I like everybody that's in the movie, and I always enjoyed the Men in Black movies, even when they were a little corny, a little campy. They were always fun. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to see this movie. What do you guys think? Well, when I think of campy, mm-hmm. all I can think of is Men in Black 2 when Agent, mm-hmm. what, K comes back. And mm-hmm. um, so he gets his memory back, and then he tries to kick one of the aliens, and course he tries to kick him in the crotch area but it doesn't work and then you just hear will smith's character agent j call out he's a balchinian and then just (laughs) yeah yeah, and then he kicks him in the chin and that that works and that's the kind of stuff you're probably going to see in this movie too the way that it looks yeah so it looks pretty it looks pretty good right now Mm-hmm. And also, we got uh, some Qui-Gon Jinn action. Mm-hmm. We got Liam Neeson. Liam it's pretty Neeson cool. Is, uh, he looks like he's the boss of the Men in Black UK, right? That's what it seems like. Hopefully, Maul doesn't surprise us. <laughs> <laughs> he could show up. He is British, too. Plus, yeah. he's an alien, so you figure they could roll Star Wars into Men in Black if they really, really want to. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely do that. The trailer looks pretty good. And Walt would consider it canon. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that Darth Maul is in should be canon. It's like I said. It's like I said in our last post uh, podcast. I'll, I'll watch a movie with him sitting down on the toilet reading a book, and I'll consider that canon. I'll just watch that for two hours, and I'll be fine. You know, so, masterpiece. Exactly. You know, as long as he's in the damn movie, I'm good. You Darth Maul's opus. Be a guy wearing a Darth Maul mask, and like you would be like, you know what? That's canon too. But we're, but we're all Darth Maul. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of dark ball in all exactly, of you know. So. so that movie looked really cool. Any other thoughts from you guys? Moving no, along, I think we're good. Moving yeah. along, the next trailer that we got to look at. Did you guys Hell all get a look at Hellboy? That's Ooh, cool. I'm yes. excited I can for tell it. that you have thoughts yeah. about this. Why don't you tell us what you're thinking right now? Meta? So, first off, I'm gonna say what my favorite part of the trailer was. Okay, what was that? So. There's a situation going on at this, uh, you know, like this big building. It's a courthouse-looking place. Yeah, yeah. And so Hellboy's getting out of the back oh, of the yeah. van, <laughs> and then a shot gets fired at the van, and he's like, "Hey, I'm on your side." It's like, "Sorry." <laughs> Honestly, that that was the best. Did you enjoy like the old, the older Hellboy movies with uh, Ron Perlman? Perlman? I liked those? the first one a lot. The okay. second one, eh, not so much. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
But like him as the Hellboy, the Hellboy, the character was awesome. Yes, definitely, definitely most definitely. So even though this is like, as as most of you know by now, the original Hellboy was played by Ron Perlman, and yeah. that'll be played by David Harbour of Stranger Things fame. Um, there's definitely a noticeable difference in how he's playing the character. It seems a little, it's still comedic, but it seems like a little bit more dry. I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe you guys can describe it better than I can. But he plays the character a little bit differently. I still enjoy how he does it. The look is not totally different, but there's definitely a few noticeable differences in he's how he's built. He's got more hair. He's got more hair, right? Um, and, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it looks like it's going to be fun for me also. I did like the first Hellboy movie a lot. Uh, I do like David Harbour and the part that he plays in Stranger Things, so I think he'll be good as Hellboy as well. Um, the, sporting past looks, the sporting cast excuse me, looks pretty good so far. I saw, I know a few people who didn't really like the way that this new Hellboy trailer looks, though, in comparison to the older one. Yeah, I heard a lot of people compare it to Marvel in terms of the, the comedy and things like that. The interesting thing that I find about it is that before we got this trailer, there was a lot of talk, especially from the director, where they were going to be leaning into more of the, the darker horror elements of Hellboy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we get this trailer. So my my thing is this trailer probably is not representative of what the movie's gonna be. This is more on. this is more of a trailer to kind of get people on board with it mm -hmm. by showing, hey, it's campy, it's funny, it's slow. And I'm curious to see if that second trailer that comes out mm -hmm. will start giving you more of a sense of what the movie really is. Yeah, the because, cults. Yeah, because they were really playing that up you know, before this trailer come, yeah. came out, how they were going to differentiate themselves from the original Hellboy movies. Right. So, and lean more toward the way the comic is, you know, which right, is right. bloody, it's gory, there's horror elements, and it, it's got its humor in it, you know what I'm saying? I wonder what it's rated. Um, it might not be rated yet, actually. Yeah, I think, I think it's still too early in the game for it to have a rating at this point. Um, but... Oh, no, it says... Well... This is just a, like a quick Wikipedia blurb, but it looks like it's going to be an R-rated movie. Okay, Ooh, so, the, so yeah. there you go. So they are going to lean. They probably are going to lean into the horror elements, just like you said, but they're yeah. not focusing on that yet because most most of us who have seen Hellboy know that it's funny and like yeah. Hellboy's a uh, hilarious character. So, so right now the 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 film is in post production, so they've done all their principal photography. So now they're working on VFX, and mm -hmm. now they're working. Maybe there'll be some reshoots that they have to do and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's it is what it is. And so you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that second trailer and see what the movie really is gonna be like. You know? Something, something that I liked from the trailer was when Hellboy had that that like fire crown. Oh yeah, that's oh, that's that his. Yeah. That's his. Um, that's the money shot for the trailer Hellhour, right there. Basically, you know? yeah, that's his. Uh, I I don't want to compare. I, I don't know how to compare it, but like it's basically his true form. Yeah, mm -hmm. they they lean to into it in that Super first Saiyan. movie, right? Super yeah. Saiyan. Yeah, exactly. Or for those who know of this reference now in Dragon Ball, he goes Ultra Instinct. Ultra Instinct. Ultra Instinct. Moment, that's true. He goes Ultra Instinct, but that's like from the original movies too, where he like yeah, that first his movie Hell Powers, but it also like taps into like a little more of his evil side and like yeah. it's almost like the dark mm -hmm. side kind of right. Yeah, he's tapping into power, but he's like tempting himself to succumb to that power, right, yeah. which is cool. But we'll see again with this movie, too. Um, we also got a first look this week 
at Aladdin. Was that on the cover of Entertainment Weekly? Yes, it was. That, Entertainment Weekly was going crazy with the first looks this week. So. <laughs> it's almost and, uh, the end of the year, so you figure they got to go yeah, really, They, they really were throwing everything but the kitchen sink this week. So. In depth into that. You know. What's up, Elias? You know, did you... Did you Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were, you, you were gesturing to, to say something about it. Um, so for the first look at Aladdin, um, everybody is kind of going a little bit bonkers about how Will Smith looks at the genie. Yeah, it's, um, internet is, is a special thing. It really is. That's what we seem to be talking about right now. We have these first looks at all these different trailers, and we have to mention... The internet is going crazy about this aspect of the trailer. He's not uh, blue. I don't understand why the genie's not blue. <laughs> I mean, really, guys, come on. You know, he is going to be blue. He is going right? to be blue. And 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 the the crazy thing is that Will Smith had to go out and physically say, "Hey, I'm going to be blue in the movie." Guys, relax. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I just calm down, people. You know what I'm saying? These are. They're called first looks for a reason. Yeah, it's just they're, like a... They're just giving you something to say, hey, this is coming. That doesn't mean it's the finished product. Wait until it's done. Right, and they did show like some photos in the magazine of the cast and all of that, too. And it looks mm -hmm. like they cast it really well. At least they're avoiding the controversy that, that befalls a lot of movies like this, where, uh, again, don't want to get too political, where they cast like a white Whitewash. actor. Oh, yeah. Play, like... I don't know, like like uh, Ghost of the Shell was the most prime example in recent memory, right? Where they have yeah. Scarlett Johansson play a Japanese woman. Yeah, it's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And I understand it. Thankfully, they avoided those pitfalls in this movie because you had some white dude play Aladdin. They were they would have shut down movie that movie. Oh, down absolutely, uh, that, and justifiably so. I guess. Yeah, and it's interesting because they're going to be they're going to be introducing a new character that wasn't part of the movie, the original animated movie. Really, you know? Really? Yeah, um, supposedly. Jazz Princess Jasmine has a human counterpart where she's kind of friendly with and stuff. That wasn't in the movie because in the movie, yeah, remember, she had no friends. She had no friends except for the tiger. <laughs> yeah. You know, so now she's now a loser, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so she's gonna have actually somebody that she can play off of, okay. an actual person. You know, you figure they have so. to add that too because like you know all the musical numbers that they had in the, in the animated version, right? They cut all that stuff out, right? So they gotta yeah. add some other stuff to flesh it out and make it like a pretty long movie. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's a first look. There's not much to say about it yet. It is a first look. That's all it is. That's all it is. So let's not freak out about this internet. It's just a first look. The last thing that we want to mention this week in terms of first looks for genre news is the Dark Crystal prequel. And that's probably not familiar to everybody. It's a little bit of a kind of caught movie. off guard by that actually. Yeah, that came out that literally came out of nowhere. I had heard yeah. about it. We'd heard about it for a while actually. But right? it, it was I'd never it, it was never something that came to fruition. Right. You know, it was like one of these things, oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming. Next year, oh yeah, it's coming, it's coming. And you never get it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But the cast, I mean the cast that they've assembled for this thing is amazing. You've got Helena Bonham Carter. Mm -hmm. You've got uh -oh. Natalie Dormer. Eddie Izzard, um, Theo James, Toby Jones, Google Mabatha Raw, um, excellent actress, Mark Strong, the Tomb Raider, Alicia, Alicia Vikander, you've got Harvey Firestein, Adam Andy Samberg, Simon Pegg, Keegan Michael Key, Jason Isaacs, Mark Hamill. Wow. wow! I mean, don't forget the big boys, Taron Taron Edgerton. Yes, of, uh, of I mean Kingsman fame and Robin Hood fame. Like, apparently, seems to be one of the main characters. This Anya Taylor Joy. This cast. Glass, is, yes, Split. Mm -hmm. Split originally from Glass. Yep. 
uh, Natalie Emanuel from Game of Thrones. I'm not sure who Donna Kimball is, but this is, yeah, this is, this is, a, this is crazy. a crazy cast, you know? Ten episodes that's been picked up by the streaming service Netflix. Wow, um, this is all Netflix? This is yeah. Netflix. Netflix. Netflix is going hard in 2019. They do it big. You know? So, wow. They are... It's almost too big, you know, if you if you think about it, because yeah. there's so much content that you can actually miss a lot of the stuff. You well, they're know? facing so much competition from other streaming they services. They are, these but days. they're not backing down because they're going they're going full on with with all these shows yeah, and when Disney and Plus movies and nuts. movies, which it will be very very soon. Um, I had a soft spot in my heart. Uh, the Dark Crystal was a Jim Henson film for those who don't know from mm-hmm. 1982. Uh, all puppets. This is, looks like it's going to be all puppets, too. It looks like they're not really involving any CGI, maybe minimal CGI to make this work, which to me, as a purist of them that loved the original movie, that's pretty freaking awesome that they're going to stick to the puppets. It's like when they use the Yoda puppet. It's like everybody loves that, right? Everybody loves the Yoda exactly. puppet. We don't want to see CGI Yoda unless he's flipping around, like fighting Count Dooku or something like yeah, that. Yeah, don't make the same mistake as in The Hobbit, where yeah. Peter Jackson chose to do more CGI with the orcs and goblins than... Right, gyms like in the Lord of the Rings. When the practical effects in the Lord of the Rings were fantastic, it won so it won Oscars for how great those costumes look. They were perfect. So it's really good for me at a first look at this to see that they're sticking to the <laughs> aesthetic of the original. Um, and that original was fantastic. It was, and you it's know. another one of those things that I haven't seen in four ever. I'm gonna have to revisit it as well too because yeah. uh, before we before this comes out, I'm gonna want to see that movie again. I want to see how it holds up after all this time. You know, because you know there are certain movies that you watch yeah. and you you remember it back, and it's like, oh, that was the greatest thing of all time. And then you see it, and it was like, eh, you know, it's <laughs> it, it's lost a little bit of its luster. Uh, it doesn't have you know? the shine that I remember. But I, yeah. if I remember, it was a very adult themed. Uh, yeah. And and it was very dark and stuff like that. And it was. And, it was. That's yeah. why, that's why it was so revered and so unique at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like Jim Henson is doing like dark ass Muppet know, movies. What is he doing here? You know. <laughs> Oh, so. man, there's, it looks like Mark Hamill. Is that his character right there? Please say that he's uh, a Skeksis. Uh, because if that's he... him or not. Oh, okay. No, interesting. Mm. No, that's that's not. That won't be him. That Probably person, not, right? that character is called Rian, and that's voiced by Taron Egerton. Oh, so okay. That that particular. So that's not him. Okay, they just have Mark Hamill next to a picture of a random puppet. Yes. Yeah, so, but this is another one that looks pretty cool. And I would love I to am... see him play one of the Skuxies <laughs> because I think I think his voice, in terms of what he's done prior with voice work, you know, the voice of Joker, I think it, he fits in perfectly with that, right? Be like an evil creature, like oh, evil absolutely, bird, skull demon puppet creature. Absolutely, that works for me. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. And uh, does anybody know when this one's supposed to come out? Do we have any kind of release date on this? No, and Netflix Wait. isn't pretty good with their release dates. They kind of keep it close to their best. It's just announced. No release date has been announced, but it's coming in 2019. 2019. So it's it's very open-ended, as Netflix usually does. So we're looking forward to it. Can't wait to see it. And that is our genre news for the week. Moving on. So, this week, uh, we had a little bit of Star Wars game news. My friend, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? All right, so in game news in regards to Star Wars, for SOTOR, or Star Wars The Old Republic, um, which is the third most expensive game ever, which released back in 2011, it was such a big hit that um, something big happened in the campaign, 
that's very important for a lot of Star Wars fans to know, especially those who are fans of Legends, because unfortunately this is not canon. Hmm, okay. But then again, like I always say, it's up to your imagination, you know, it's up to you to canonize it. But anyway, Darth Malgus, the antagonist um, from when the game came out in the beginning in 2011, at the end of 2011, he is not dead. He is back. I repeat, he is back. Seven years later, Darth Malgus is back. You see, back in 2011, what happened was Darth Malgus, he sacked Coruscant um, during the false treaty to make peace with the Republic. And he, um, what, what do you call this? He was frozen in carbonite or, of some sort. And he was basically presumed dead by the Sith Empire and all those who, who have known him. Now, like I said, he was presumed KIA. Seven years later, he, he's unfrozen. He comes back. The acting leader of the Sith Order, Darth Malora, she's a member of the Dark Council. She's like, uh, uh, unbelievable. It, it's impossible. <laughs> and so she has to step aside and all of the pro-Malgus loyalists, they pledge allegiance back to their original master and they're basically ousting Darth Malora. So once again, she's the minority in the Sith Empire. So now Darth Malgus is back. This is a big, this big shock to all Star Wars fans and fans of the game. And there's just really big news I mean, because, you know, like I said, Darth Malgus was presumed dead. He's still alive. This can only mean that, you know, there will be a lot more adventures regarding, you know, the Sith Empire and, you know, fighting against the Sith Empire or for the Sith, Sith Empire with Malgus in control. So, you know, only time will tell what's up with what's going on with the player and their adventures with Malgus. He's such a popular character in the game. You never know what other media they'll bring him to eventually. Anyway. Oh, for sure. I mean, he looks like a badass, like Darth Vader, without, Darth Vader without a helmet to me. So that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Over and there. he's arguably a lot stronger than Darth Vader. He's like arguably one of one of the best Sith warriors, if not the best Sith warrior ever. Because this so, guy is like a mix of everything. He's a mix of super strength, super speed. You see, Darth Vader. He lost his speed and whatnot after his battle in Mustafar with Obi Wan. You know, right. mm -hmm. Darth Vader's slow. He may be strong, but he's slow. Mm -hmm. Darth Malgus is like the perfect balance of almost everything. It's like the six million dollar Sith. That's what I'm saying. There's basically. a lot to be invested into it. And on top of that, in the lore, Darth Sidious made Darth Vader study the history and teachings of Darth Malgus because he knew that there's a lot to learn from Darth Malgus. So Darth Vader even admitted that Darth Malgus is like his idol in regards to being a Sith warrior. That makes because kind of sense. Darth Malgus is the ideal image of a Sith, of a Sith warrior. This is something that I would have to, I, I'm curious to see what his history is. That would probably take too long now, but like the fact that he's scarred like Darth Vader, wears something similar to Darth Vader's costume, that's gotta be an interesting backstory. He used to not wear um, a mask. You see him wearing a mask, right? No, there's some here where he's not where he is and some here where he's not. All right, he's just so wearing a face mask, but not a helmet. Right. right. I mean, the breathing mask is the same essence as Darth Vader. It's for the sake of oxygen. You see, he used to not wear a mask, right? But what happened was it was on Alderaan. His forces were ambushed by the Republic. Mm -hmm. And he fought this Jedi. Um, her name is, I believe, Bastila Shan, if I'm correct. And she, like, force pushed him and he fell back to a tree. And then, the, you know, the tree just broke and, you know, all the debris just fell right on top of him. It mm -hmm. really scarred him and basically doomed him. Ah, uh, okay. So, 
he was, he had um, severe lacerations and he had to undergo, you know, you could say face surgery, <laughs> facial surgery, facial surgery. reconstructive surgery. Yeah, there, yeah, exactly. And face surgery. So yeah. now he's dependent on that mask for oxygen, and he's been through a lot in his life. His he had a love of his life one time. As I said, he fell in love with his slave. I, I believe she was yes. a Twi'lek. She mm -hmm. was a Twi'lek slave. Um, they used to work on a lot of missions together. They sacked the Jedi Temple sick. together. On Coruscant. On Coruscant. They mm -hmm. went in together as yep. like husband and wife. Absolutely. Alone. Only those two. They didn't have an army behind them. Right. At least Shot. at the moment. Yeah. And as they went in, you know, did their thing. Um, intimidated the Jedi. I believe a Sith shuttle just literally crashed through the, the temple doors. And then a bunch of Sith warriors came out, and that's um, the beginning of the sacking of Coruscant. That was basically the beginning of the end. But in regards to the love of his life, I just want to say real quick, because this is in regards to Malik's backstory, and it's important, it's relevant, because he's back seven years later, that his wife, or his Twilight slave, whatever, his lover, she she was um, she was killed by him, by Malik's. Malik's was forced to kill her, because... He realized that the Jedi found out he had a lover, and you know she could be used to like blackmail. And she, she, he could be blackmailed oh. by his So he was he like preemptively took care of that problem. I guess. Yeah. So he was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, I, I can't have you. You know, you're a weak. You're my weakness. I need oh, to man. let you go. That's gonna be know? the worst divorce story I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah so he did, he had a tougher than Vader. That's a, that's a tough breakup right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He had a tougher <laughs> than Vader because he actually had to let. He was forced to let go. By actually killing her knowingly, he wasn't in a feral state of mind, so he he killed her willingly, and you know that's that. And I mean, here he is now. If his pursuit is that of power and power alone, then he made the right decision, I guess. I only yeah. wish that this game Sotor Star Wars: The Republic was um, multi-console because unfortunately it's only PC, so only yeah. me and a couple other people really know about it. Yeah. All these other console players, you know, for PS4 and Xbox players, they don't they don't really know. That's, a, that's part of the reason why I haven't played it because I played the the first two games, which Kotor. were available. Kotor. Yeah, exactly, nice which were available on the Xbox. But because this is a PC only game, I, you know, I have PCs lying all around, but it, it's not my go to right. um, place to go play video games. You know, that's this just, game, that's just game, the way I've I've grown up on consoles. You know, this game is really worth playing though. I mean, it's made by Bioware, who who made Mass Effect yeah. and Dragon Age, so it's total RPG. You make your own character class and whatnot. Make your own choices and decisions, and it's just awesome to play, man. If you make time to play it, and if you're a Star Wars fan, go Bioware for it. Bioware makes be great. the best RPGs, basically. So yeah, it yeah. makes a lot of sense that they would make this one pretty, pretty, really, really, really good as well. And it's, it's interesting that they're bringing them back now because you know the the Skywalker saga is is ending, right? Mm -hmm. And so now we have these two new trilogies, and from what I understand. He's done a lot of exploring in the unknown regions, right? Oh, yeah, he has. And so we were talking about that earlier, right? Where, you know, we have these two new trilogies that are coming, one being held by Ryan Johnson, and the other one by the guys over at uh, Game Game of Thrones, Benioff and Weiss. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a TV show. Isn't exactly. It? They, they do Game of Thrones, right? And so um, that trilogy, one of them is rumored that it may go back in time to the you know Republic. the Old Republic, right? Benioff and Weiss, they'd be perfect for that because Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones right? <laughs> It'd be great to canonize this because it's not and canon exactly. in Disney's eyes. And so the too. Ryan Johnson thing, it has been rumored amongst all the other rumors, but there's a rumor that he may be delving into the unknown regions right. and well, they just reintroduced this character back. Right. So, you know, it's interesting timing. Not saying that it's going to happen, but, you know, 
uh, Star Wars has a habit of grabbing characters from legend and bringing them into canon again. Yeah, these days they changed over and they kind of devalued the Legends universe. Mm -hmm. It seems like they're pulling them out of there. Like, no, no, we didn't get rid of them entirely. We know you (laughs) love these characters, guys. We'll just pick them out slowly but surely. Again, as a Dragon Ball fan, I have to make the reference to how they're canonizing Broly now. Exactly. That's coming out very soon. So... This is this is a nice, interesting development. It's a nice narrative move to make in a in a massively multiplayer online game. You know, they're always updating and upgrading and which adding is great which is amazing life. because that 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 game is but old. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? You know, usually, must have staying power, they, right? They, but they, usually, do, usually these companies don't support it that long. But Dude, this uh, this one is this so one. Right. They're actively pushing new updates no, to no, it. Well, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Really, but old World of Warcraft. They're they're still, still, they're that still is true. Patches. That the is game true. Came, came out in like 2004 or 2003, I believe. <laughs> that is true. They're still making you know new expansions. Yep. So <laughs> you know, I guess awesome. I guess there's these these certain games that they're so big that you have to continue to support it and stuff. So Seems like Old Soul Republic Tour is one of them, right? Is one of them. Yeah. Dark Malakas is back. Yep. And that's good news for all of us. Goodbye, Doc Malor. <laughs> and uh, in other news this week, going back and forth on this one, back and forth, our Netflix, our Disney, on the fate of the Netflix Marvel shows. First, they were canceled, and we figured that they were completely dead. And all the fans were like, well, maybe they'll bring them to Disney Plus streaming service. And then they said that there's no way in hell that that's going to happen. And then apparently the Disney Plus chief recently said that reviving the Netflix Marvel shows is a possibility and every article and i'm doing air quotes right now because mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest i don't really think that this is something that's going to happen um i don't know what do you guys think about the possibility of seeing daredevil iron fist jessica jones and luke cage uh punisher as well make the leap over to disney plus i mean i think it's a little sad that there's this back and forth going on like just overall, we like these shows. Uh, so, I mean, I, in a sense, it does really matter where it's streamed from. Because, you know, hey, we own this. Oh, no, we own it. Come on already. Yeah. We just want to enjoy it as fans. Yeah. yeah. There's too much politics in this, in, I, in my I, opinion. I take this news as with, with a grain of salt because, you know, um, it's a nice thought. But, you know... Business-wise, it doesn't make a lot of sense for Disney. Um, first, first of all, it is it is written in their clause that they're not able to use those characters for another two years after they are canceled from Netflix. The actors, the, act, the no, actors I, the, the characters? characters themselves. I believe that's what it is. They're not allowed to create another Daredevil until that's two clear. years from now. Yeah, um, check check that out. I but, just want to make sure because that's important detail. So clear, this is from excuse me from FlickeringMyth.com, mm-hmm. and what we have here is conflicting reports have placed the blame for the cancellations of both Marvel and Netflix's doors. And while Marvel has claimed that Daredevil will return for more, in quotes, adventures, it has been recently revealed that the contracts for the cast and creative teams. Prevent oh, them from reprising their roles for any non-Netflix productions. Okay, so they so can bring the, the characters, cast, but not the characters elsewhere. Okay. But there's no way we're going to see, you know, like Charlie Cox's Daredevil anywhere else. Well, I don't, I don't. It, so then that pretty much for me kills the entire the entire Netflix universe. Yeah, it's okay. because because you know 
in terms of Disney, there's real no real reason aside from just the fans, which that's I guess that's a pretty big reason. But for them, you know, you don't want to bring those characters back because they do not own these these shows. These shows will forever be held in Netflix, right? So basically what you're doing is you're giving Netflix, which is now your competitor, not your partner, right? Because their Disney Plus streaming service will their be competing shows. against mm -hmm. Netflix. There are three shows going out, right? Right, Loki, exactly. Vision of the Scarlet Witch and Winter Soldier and the Falcon. So, so if you're bringing Charlie Cox into the into the the mix and you know John Barenthal and and all these characters, or yeah, else, right? you know, you're bringing all these characters. You basically have to reboot them because otherwise, if you're retelling the stories, they people have to go back to Netflix to watch their these these past seasons. They're not going to want to do that. What if Netflix said, "Hey, you could have a part of our catalog as well"? What if they temporarily said, "Like, okay, you can have season one, season two, or season three for a little while." Yeah, I don't like think they would do stuff. that. Then, what, what do you think, Elias? So, like the Netflix Marvel, the Marvel Netflix shows are a little R-rated. Mm -hmm. So yeah. how how would that fit into Disney? That's a good Plus. point too. Well, here's the thing, and too. and so this is a separate rumor, and I I don't think we addressed it on this on this podcast. But there, aside from Disney buying Fox, part of that is that they're going to receive more shares in Hulu. So they're going to so mm -hmm. Disney owns, I think. Um, it's a partnership between them, Comcast, and there's a third partner that owns that owns Hulu. So they're going to get a bigger share. So they're effectively they effectively own Hulu by majority share, right? And so you know what could possibly happen is the Disney Plus stuff would be their PG thirteen type fare, and they can easily transition Hulu and make that their their place for R-rated content. R stuff. But they don't really I mean they're not really known for any of the R-rated stuff. The Netflix Marvel Universe was really the only place you saw any kind of R-rated Marvel content other than Deadpool. But it was pretty popular. Hulu. It was very popular. You know, so. By the way, just so we can clarify that, it seems that Hulu is owned 30% by Walt Disney, 30% by 21st Century Fox, which I would imagine now goes to Walt Disney, right? Exactly. And then... You have Comcast via NBC Universal holds the other thirty percent stake, and AT and T holds the final ten percent. And also, and and also the other thing is that there is another rumor, and again, these are just rumors, but Comcast is open to the possibility of selling their share to Disney, which makes them really Maybe basically their exactly except for the AT and T piece. Exactly, so probably sell it to Disney also. There's you have you have two avenues where you can you dump. You can dump content for them. You know, you can mm -hmm. throw your 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 more kid friendly stuff onto Disney Plus, and then you can go with your more adult content. Maybe the Predators of the World, the Alien stuff that'll go onto Hulu, and you have that separation between the two the two streaming services. That's and one stuff, way they can do it. Know? But I mean, I think the main point that we're getting at here is that. Sadly, even though they keep coming back and forth with these little these little hints that we might see our favorite Marvel Netflix characters and the actors that played them too, which is the key pop up somewhere again in the future. That any even these little rumors just hope is quickly dwindling, if not completely gone. I'm just really you know, I saw um, I think I've mentioned this before. I saw Daredevil season three. I just, I've been following the rest of it chronologically. I just got up to Punisher. 
just finished Daredevil. Or mm-hmm. excuse me, Defenders, and I just got up to Punisher. And it's it's Punisher's it's just great. not something that we're going to see anytime soon again. Unfortunately, all these great stories that they set up, some are not as good as others. You know, some of the some of the seasons weren't that great, but the the good characters they established, I guess, we're really going to have to say goodbye. Just like Kylo Ren said, "Let the past die." No, we we really don't. Yeah. We don't want it to die. Uh, well, sad to say, even though this is a little bit of news from Disney Plus. Well, we still have two more seasons left um, for for Netflix to cancel. That's right? true. Well, there is there is another Jessica Jones. Uh, yeah, Jessica yeah. Jones and, and Punisher. Punisher is next, I believe. So we at least get that some last hurrahs, and who knows? Maybe maybe the fans will go completely insane. And somehow figure out how to petition Disney Plus or Netflix or somebody to somehow bring these characters back. Not entirely likely, but we'll see. Well, I guess right now, Let rest in pass. peace. Let the past Netflix die. universe, Marvel Netflix universe, die. And moving right along, after mourning the death of the Marvel Netflix shows, we're moving into a little bit more Marvel stuff. We're getting to our main topics of the week. Uh, Our first main topic of the week, which will be spoiler-free, because not everyone at the table has seen this yet. Flip. Spider-Man flip. There's a lot of flips in that movie. That's a spoiler. That's a spoiler, actually. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. First impressions. Elias, what did you think? Tell it was, us. It was a great movie. Great movie. What is the what was your favorite part of the movie? Not even maybe maybe not your favorite like part in the story. Maybe your favorite character. What was the your favorite thing about the movie? What did you like about it? Well, I like I like um I like this one scene. Mm-hmm. This is spoiler. This is a spoiler. Mm-hmm. We can't we spoil can't it. Spoil it. So, I'll save it for later. So, okay. Okay, for me, um, okay, first of all, I I love the movie. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I, I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this a lot when we when we spoke about our Stan Lee tribute, um, how he's one of Stan Lee's most popular characters and how he was relatable to me as a young man growing up. To many young men for you know, being basically a teenager who was a superhero. But so being a big Spider-Man fan, obviously I was really excited to see this. Uh, I heard it was really, really good, and I, I have to say that it lived up to the hype for me. Um, I thought it was it was a great way to accomplish something that I feel like Marvel was going to have a lot of trouble accomplishing otherwise, which is getting Miles Morales involved in the cinematic universe. Now, he's not a live-action character yet, because obviously this is animated, but I think that for me... This movie, with how well it does with Miles Morales, who is the main character in this movie, it's about you know a lot of different Spider-Man from different universes, which is not really spoiler territory. Everybody knows what the movie's about. Um, but with this movie really being helmed and led, and almost uh, story-wise, the mantle being passed, in a sense, from Peter Parker to Miles Morales, this is, for me, going to accomplish getting Miles Morales as Spider-Man uh, I said MCU earlier, but I want to back off that a little bit. We will see, though, I think very, very soon, we'll see a live-action Miles Morales as Spider-Man because this movie is awesome and because it did incredibly well at the box office for an animated movie. I think it was the biggest animated opening for a December in December yes. for, for like ever. 
Yes. Um, so that's that's huge news. That's basically like when Deadpool was the biggest R-rated movie ever. You knew you were going to see a ton of Deadpool after that. Now that this did so darn well, it's it's almost assured that we're going to see Spider-Man. A lot more Spider-Man, first of all, maybe in animated form. Um, oh, absolutely. And certainly, like I said, I think we're going to see Miles Morales coming to it soon. But for my quick impressions of the movie... Um, I thought the story was incredibly well done. It had a lot of great moments of humor uh, yes. with the interplay between the cast. Um, as old school Spider-Man comic fans and somebody, a kid of the 80s, having Spider-Ham in this movie <laughs> was like a coup for me. I can't believe they actually included Spider-Ham. Spider He's a real and, Marvel character, by the way. he wasn't a throwaway. No, he, he actually wasn't. did stuff. He wasn't. Yeah. He, was, he was just as, as badass as, as the other Spider-Man. Absolutely. Movie. Okay, and and you know I, that was a really awesome detail to include him, to include him and to really and that's something that's a good point too. They made sure to flesh out all the different Spider-Men from the different universes and Spider Women because uh, there is a female Spider Spider well, Spider Woman um, in the movie, and, and she's she's the start of something because I think the next animated feature will. Featured the Spider Women in the Spider Man universe. Oh, okay. So, well, that's cool because she was a good character in this movie, also. Yep. Um, so they got a good start with that. I really enjoyed uh, the anime Spider Man. <laughs> that was the thing. Penny awesome Parker. Detail. Penny Parker <laughs> with the uh, with the spider and the yeah that that was that was definitely interesting. I just love how she was animated anime style. Like that was just so awesome to me. And, See, and, like everybody else animated CGI, and you have this big eyed anime character yeah. and, and yeah. that's the, that's the great part of this movie because you know what more than anything when i when i when i got into the theater and i started watching this movie it was one of these things where it's like i'm not watching a movie about a comic book character i'm watching a comic book come to life yeah because the way that they animated it and flip the flip you actually saw panels and Thought bubbles and things. One of one of the uh, one of my like exactly screaming on the screen. One of my favorite parts of the movie, and I, I told you this, Elias, right? That's you know which one. Okay, so then we can talk about that. I'll put it as spoiler free as possible. One of my favorite parts of the movie was when they went into the Alchemax Al Alchemax facility. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. And the thing with the bagel. Yes. Right. Yes. So as they're <laughs> as they're running out, and like I said, I'm going to keep this as spoiler free, but I have to mention this part. When they're running out, the bagel plays a part in their escape, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Peter Parker grabs the bagel, and him and Miles are running, right? Somehow the the bagel ends up in Miles's hands, mm -hmm. and as they're running out, Miles turns back, throws the bagel, hits one of the people that are are chasing them, and you see a little little text right above. The thing where it says bagel, yeah. <laughs> that is so comic booky. Little and, funny details. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing about it is that when you first saw it, you you should have been prepared because part of the opening scene is the comic book authority mm -hmm. label. Mm -hmm. That should tell you everything. That you know what we're leaning heavily into the comic book aspect yeah, of from, this character even from the opening credits showing the different companies that were involved how they were kind of flickering like mm -hmm. they were going in and out of the universe and stuff like that you're like okay this thing is like there, there's a there's a there's a theme an aesthetic there's a tone that that's going to be in this movie from start to finish and that's exactly what they and, accomplished. and the animation that yeah, the that animation. was beautiful and you know they're trying to trademark that animation because they want to keep it in-house with sony animation really? yeah they're trying to trademark it because what it is is that 
the way they animated it, first of all, it's it was drawn, I think um it was drawn basically by hand, hand you know. And part. what they did was they skipped two frames on every shot. So that's why if if you notice the way that they walk, it, it's not a very fluid, smooth animation, but it works, right? And the thing about it, the, the other thing that, and I don't know if you noticed this, the background is always blurred. And so when, when I was watching the movie, I thought there was something wrong with my eyes at the very beginning. Yeah. Or I thought that we were watching a 3D movie and I didn't have my 3D glasses, right? Yeah. Because it seemed like there was always, you had the main character right in front, but everything in the back was blurred. And that was done by effect, hmm. you know, which is very much a comic book thing because when comic books, they print them out, a lot of the times you had those smudges. So they leaned into that part of comic book history. There's so many Easter eggs that they throw into this movie. I God, mean, I there, there, cool. there was one, there was one where they call back to Community. Oh, I don't know if you saw that, but there was like a, Donald Glover, community? Donald Glover Community. So but he's not in this movie. N- well, I mean, his he's, he's not, but they reference him because the way he's Miles like, Morales yeah. came about, came about is that you know Brian Michael Bendis, he he's the creator of Miles Morales. Him and um, the Italian comic book artist Sarah Pacelli, right? They're the ones that created Miles Morales in the ultimate Ma- Marvel universe, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they were trying to create this character, they wanted to step away from Peter Parker. They wanted to do something different. Right. And at that time, Twitterverse was pushing Donald Glover as Miles Morales. So yeah, that, that came I about. And part of the reason that Bendis went with the Miles Morales character based off of Donald Glover, is there was an episode in Community where Donald Glover came out with the Spider-Man pajamas. I did see that. I did see that, that probably in a meme or something like that. Somewhere. Right. That was in the movie. Mm, now, it wasn't yeah. the actual, but it was an animated version of it, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a callback to that. And so you have all these little Easter eggs all over the place. A lot of different Easter eggs like that. Okay. Um, Going back to the animation, the one thing that I did like, one thing that I did like was how they did the various animations for the for the Spider Man. Yeah, they're all the different, origins? right? Yeah. Oh, the origins, origins were great. Is that what you mean? Like the way that they animated them, or like when they told their their backstory? Because that was something that I was going to say was pretty cool. The way that they animated, like quickly their stories, like where they where they and, would all come up and they would be like, "Let's start from the beginning." Yeah, and they would show their comic book cover, and it was and, yeah. and it was cool. Go through their backstory. And it was cool because you got the origins, but you didn't spend the entire movie doing it. You mm-hmm. got it in a quick slice. Yeah, right? it, it felt like they sped it up with each one. Almost. Exactly. Like, you know? But every time they they introduced a character, you had that little origin. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I've been the Spider Man for only two years. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been the Spider Man for twenty six years. And the covers would start know? to pile up because, like, uh, without spoiling it too much, like you know, there's a different Spider Man, and when Peter Parker kind of opens the movie, he tells you. You know his backstory, and you see the Spider-Man cover of, of him, basically his first appearance. And then when Miles Morales shows up, and he becomes Spider-Man, basically it does the same thing. And then you see two comics as he's introducing his backstory, mm-hmm. and then as the other ones show up, you see Peter Parker's comic, Miles Morales' comic, and then they plaster the other one on top of it. So you just have all of their comics just kind of sitting there again, like, leading, like a cool yeah, leading, just a cool really detail. leaning into the the comic book. Enus of the movie, indeed, right? Indeed. So. I think it was an awesome movie. I can't recommend it enough. I need to go watch it again. 
I um, really do. Apparently, it was what I did. IGN say it was basically their best film yep. of the entire year. Mm -hmm. Basically, not just as as you said earlier, it's not their best animated film. It's their best film of the year. Yeah. So and Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes currently has it at ninety seven percent. But more importantly, Metacritic, which is more of an accurate reflection of how well the 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 movie is. Has it at eighty seven percent, which is really good. So really you know good. that's that's pretty cool. It's you know? not just for Spider Man fans. I think I think it's a very good movie in general. It has great great story, great themes. Very of emotional family. too. Yeah, you know? great, great like because they all have. Well, I don't want to even spoil the territory, but they all have like their own family family details mm -hmm. that get factored into the movie. It's a great movie, um, but you know. Getting into some of the other great comic book stuff that we have seen recently. We don't want to give Spider-Man too much time so that the rest of the crew hasn't seen. We'll get into something that everybody here has seen. Wake up, guys, because we're going to talk about Aquaman. The King of Atlantis. Tell me what you guys think of King Arthur Curry of Atlantis. What do you guys think of Aquaman? We've all seen it by now. Give us some ideas, gentlemen. It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like my my favorite scene, or at least arguably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Spoilers. Possibly. Yes. Oh yes. Spoilers. There, yeah, there will be toppings. <laughs> Spoilers. Right. I really need to talk about it. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Yep. We will warn. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for you. All right. So one of my favorite scenes was the gladiatorial combat. Same, same. Yeah, I think it was known as the Ring of Fire, right, Metatron? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. It was. so um, it was awesome. we saw um, King Orm, the half-brother of, of Arthur, who is um, pure breed, um, Atlantean. He, um, he wanted to defend his status as, you know, as a king and the true heir to the throne. Mm -hmm. And I'm, first of all, I just want to say I'm glad he had the balls to actually, you know, stand up for himself instead of, you know, pulling like the move a lot of other you know bosses do mm -hmm. by sending their minions to just execute um his rival he, or at least yep. wound them before the main fight right yeah, yeah. yeah. gladiator himself yeah exactly. like gladiator where he stuck the knife in his exactly. back as they were going yeah. up to the arena and i was also waiting for orm to like scream are you not entertained <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> at some point because he was screaming like every three <laughs> seconds in the movie and i loved it but continue, continue. yeah yeah i mean like i mean how many kings are you know like bosses do you see actually put themselves in the gladiatorial arena to challenge you know their arch rival right so right. so we're seeing like two brothers um fight each other one a pure breed orm and the other a half breed a hybrid arthur since um his mom um queen Atl atlanta atlanta atlanta, atlanta. atlanta. Mm -hmm. it's like it's like yes yeah, like atlanta yeah. queen like the show the right yeah, yeah so exactly since his mom queen atl is <laughs> a, um, atlantean and his father is a human django fett um, yes. Morrison, and yeah, so it was awesome. That last royal fight was awesome. Um, the war drummer, I mean the war drum, like oh, the octopus, octopus he, which he is a character drums. in the comics. Yeah, I did not know about that until Walt told me. Topo. Yeah, that's his name. That is a deep cut because that's we're talking Silver Age of comics. I don't. That's even, how. I don't even that's how. know, but like, if this is even possible, but like, if we could even do like an Easter egg breakdown of that movie, it would oh probably be gosh. more insane than almost any movie in recent memory. I feel like. Yeah, and oh. and they had the tail of the tape was, right before it. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I was just. What did you say? Half breed. Yeah. 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 And you know what? I, I, I did. That. I didn't even see it. You know what I'm saying? But it you was didn't quick. See it? No, I didn't. I didn't read it. It, it went back so quick because no, I was, guess I turned it away. It was one of those things that 
you saw the tail of the tape was there, like the fight stats, <laughs> but we didn't have enough time to read it because it was so quick. Was You're right, exactly. Well, you were able to read I'm it. I'm surprised you didn't see it. That's no, I mean, like, I saw it was there, but I didn't have time to read it. That's what I'm saying. Half breed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was. Oh my god. Next to Aquaman, next to like the photo of his face. It was like a UFC fight. I was like, this is fantastic. Like, and that fight was just crazy. awesome. And um I just want to say one more um quick thing is that um at the point when um what's his name? Arthur and Mira, they were traveling through the kingdom of the trench, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? And um they ended up in Jurassic World. Yeah. Right? It's basically located in the Earth's core. Yeah, it's located in the Earth's core. Dinosaurs still exist, yeah. and um, Mira, Mira was about to be eaten by Mosasaurus, but then you know someone <coughs> saved her, and that someone appeared to be um Queen ATL. You know, she um she's alive. She wasn't executed supposedly, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm just glad she's alive. That whole scene, like, kind of um, spoiler for Ant Man and the Wasp, but that whole scene to me was basically like Ant Man and the Wasp when they go and mm-hmm. rescue. Michelle Pfeiffer's character from uh from Quantum, Quantum Realm. Realm. Yeah. Janet Pym. Yes, that scene that scene really like kind of threw back to me from that movie. It was still awesome. And okay, so for me, this movie I've said like I said, I said to all you guys before. Well, I didn't say this part, so let me let me preface with this. The first act did not have me convinced. Okay, like Aquaman, like Jason Momoa was cool, but like I knew this movie was going to be over the top, a little crazy, leaning into the comic book, like really fun aspects of it, leaning into how badass Aquaman was. But that first scene on the submarine, when they're getting really heavy handed with like the rock and roll guitars, whenever Aquaman shows up, I'm like, oh God, don't do this. Yeah, the Mm -hmm. very first scene of the movie, basically, that sets up the the Mantis storyline for the movie. I like the story, by the way. Which is a really good story, yeah. And it's not that's not the part of the first act that kind of lost me. It was like they were they were it seemed like they were leaning too much into how badass he was, which is okay, but like they weren't fleshing him out in any other way in that first act. And I mean Aquaman specifically, which is why the first act didn't entirely have me sold. Um, once they started like globe hopping to like find all of the information that they needed to find the trident, though, and they ended up in the desert and uh, yeah. Italy. That scene was awesome, by the way. I love the chase scene in in, in Italy. That was kind of shown off in the trailers or Black Manta. And his it was crew. very Assassin's Creedish. It was yeah. so good, man. And the camera work was so good. How they would be like in the background, like showing you, you Mira running when, away. You remember and then when to foreground he's getting shot at by Black Manta? So cool. Dude. You remember when Mira was fighting that one Atlantean commando, and then like she yeah. pulled the oxygen thing off, so all this water drip, and then he looked at a toilet. Yeah, I was gonna this. say that's another thing that was interesting to me because like all these people from Atlantis had no problem killing a whole hell of a lot of Atlanteans. They were stabbing them. They were cutting off their air supply. Aquaman, whoever, were just like, you know what? Like, you're our enemy, so we're just going to kill you, whether you're an Atlantean or not. I don't care if you're one of my people. You're just going to die. Two things that I have to say. Uh, One thing that I liked and one thing I disliked. Mm -hmm. The first first thing that I liked, I'm sure Metatron can agree with me, Mm When they were being chased by the trench monsters. Yeah, that was... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was actually pretty creepy. They were like aqua orcs. (laughs) Aqua orcs. Jesus. And I I like how when the thunder struck, you didn't just see part of, like, uh, a little bit of the trench monsters. You saw the whole thing. Well, no, that was... what, What happened there was... 
he was starting to light the flares. Yeah. And only as he started going down, did you see just how many there were? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, guys, that is a deep-seated fear of mine. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Looking down at endless nothing and not knowing what's there. Like the bottom of the ocean, nowhere in sight, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and so when I that saw that scene, weird. I was just like, oh, my you God. shrink a little bit? Like, oh, God. Yes. And, you know, and you know what it is? It's really sad if you look at the lore because it was explained early on in the movie that mm-hmm. um, these aqua orcs, as I call them, they were um, actually, you know, once people, they were at, um, actual Atlanteans, they were the commoners. And they're like orcs. They are like orcs. Yeah, and I'm saying, unlike the highborn, you know, they were unable to keep their, you know, Atlantean human-like form. Mm-hmm. And that's what they became. That's what they turned into. There was a lot of, like, kind of class-based things it's reminiscent. going on in this movie. Because only mm-hmm. the highborn could, like, breathe on, on land or something like right, that. And also. everybody else had to wear those helmets and things of mm-hmm. that nature. Like, dude, yeah. stuffed his head in the toilet. Basically. And that's why I say it's reminiscent mm-hmm. to, like, what I call aqua orcs. Because, like, in Mordor, a lot of the orcs in Urukai, they're former men and elves. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's, so, exactly, that's what I was going to say. There's it was that basically parallel. the same, the sort of the same storyline. Because this movie also, mentioning that, this movie, one of the other reasons why, like I said, so the first act didn't entirely sell me. Then it got better, but, and, and I really enjoyed the movie. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. It wasn't a great movie in terms of narrative or story or right. acting. It was a great movie. But like, it was a great movie because it was really entertaining. For me, it like, was a fun movie. The, yeah, it was a goofy movie. So much fun. It knew what it was, and and like way be- worlds better than any of the other recent efforts from DC. Right. You know, like up there with Wonder, up there with Wonder Woman, up there with like they're you know closing in on like the Dark Knight movies. Like it's in, it's at least on that level. I mean, of I'm, quality, I'm sure we can all agree right? that this is the best DC EU movie yet, right? I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided Truthfully, I haven't decided because one well, this movie came pretty close, and it was probably a little more fun than Wonder Woman. And I still have to factor that in, even though, like I said, like there were certain things that weren't perfect. Because, like I said, at, at every point in this movie, just like the first act, I was like, they're really leaning into this really heavily. Then this could this could go right off the rails at any moment and go from like a fun movie. To like complete and utter trash. Yeah, there's stuff in there that there's stuff in there that really shouldn't work. Yeah, (laughs) really shouldn't. Yeah, there's there's dialogue. There's dialogue that shouldn't work but does. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's crazy. They sold it. They made it work, and somehow the movie came together. The other thing that I didn't like was when Aquaman, uh, was when Aquaman went into the. Waterfall, and it kept using this the same music when he went into the waterfall, and then when he exited. Was that like the? Wait, was that wasn't like the rock and roll music? No, that was a totally different part, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember that part. I'm trying to remember uh, what that was in the in the Jurassic World type thing that. Oh, yeah, that was definitely near the end then. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, there were little details in the movie that almost made it not work for me, but it still worked. I'm surprised you guys were actually really listening to the soundtrack because I was more focused on what was. But you know, the soundtrack can make a movie. No, I know. know, I mean, the soundtrack was my least favorite part. Yeah, Yeah. I I agree with that because there was so many tonal shifts. Mm -hmm. You know, 
especially so, yeah, the, the heavy rocket tars in the beginning. Right? And then we went Blade Runner when we went down to Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it yeah. was just like you know, usually when you have a movie that you have a you have a tone to the movie. To so the score, it's this be like a certain. Yeah, uh, this one kind of you know or it, it went, suits the scenes better. It exactly, really suit, the music didn't always suit what was going on. Exactly, so and, well. That mm-hmm. was my issue with the soundtrack. The soundtrack just didn't work for me. You know, mm-hmm. there were there were times, like you said, where it's like that really doesn't go with what's going on. You know <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying? And and for me, like I said, soundtracks make movies. I mean, Sometimes Star Wars may not be as big as it is if we didn't have John, John Williams. Williams. You know, John Williams, the 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 soundtrack just it's epic and it works perfectly with Star Wars, right? A soundtrack can make a movie. Yeah, yeah. Jaws, exactly. You know, close encounters. You look at all these Uh, big franchises. Superman the movie, the original Superman Mm -hmm. movie, Spider-Man, the sixties TV show. And I I think (laughs) right now we're we're at a point where soundtracks are being diminished somewhat because you know, back in the days, you know, I'm just looking at at the TV aspect. You know the sitcoms. You used to have this this quippy little entrance, right? There was like a theme song to everything. Now, mm-hmm. now everything is just cold open, straight into the thing. You look at Avengers. You look at the. You know, there's no you're, there's no recognizable mo- uh, themes for the, the superheroes, right? Just, just except the for theme. the the, one, or, the opening Marvel or the theme. Avengers theme, the credit thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, the it. Avengers theme. Mm-hmm. But what what's Ant Man's? Theme. What, what's Captain America's theme? If we, anything, if anything, you know what the most that. recognizable one one would be probably Black Panther. Black exactly. Panther probably has the most recognizable music out of all of them. Right. But yeah, Aquaman faltered on the music for me. But that's it's not a small detail, but it wasn't the most important. Detail. It was. It wasn't something that would would necessarily derail the movie. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But it was still noticeable and and when I was watching it, you know. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that ever pulled me out of the movie at Exactly, any point. you know. The action was awesome. The, the action the was not solid. Uh I'm not a huge fan of Amber Heard, but you know what? As Mira, she did an okay job. She did what she needed to do. Um and I like that this movie did what a lot of well, movies in general are doing and like media in general are doing is that they're not just throwing the cookie cutter villains at you. That seems to kind of be going the way of the dinosaur where they're just giving you a villain with no real motivation. And they didn't kill off the villain, which is and important too, you know? which is awesome. Like I, I liked Orm. I love how over the top he was. Like I said, he was screaming for like yeah. half the movie. Um, when I was and watching it. this is it, a classically trained actor. Right. When I, was, when, I, when I was watching it, you know, I was thinking for anybody who's seen The Professional, when at the end of the movie, oh, yes. he's like, bring me everyone. Everyone. Oh, everyone. everyone. <laughs> he just screams his head off. That was what I was reminded of in almost every scene. Exactly. But again, I loved it. And like, like it, it just leaned into the comic aspects of it so, 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 so well. I mean, what, what else do you guys think about how, how they pulled it off for Aquaman? Um, any other thoughts from anyone else from well, Aquaman? I'll, I'll put my two cents in here. I, I thought, like I said, I, I keep describing Aquaman as this big, goofy, loud, colorful film. That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the pacing of it. You know, mm-hmm. I never, I, there wasn't really that many dull moments. They they interspersed the action scenes very well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I liked how James Wan didn't give you crazy at the beginning. He built up to it, <laughs> right? Because... I, and I got to be honest, if you walked into this movie into the third act and you saw what was going on on screen, 
you'd be like, what the hell is going on, how right? How did we get here? Exactly. I liked how he slowly built up to it. You know, he went from <laughs> he went from the lighthouse, then he went down to Atlantis, then he went <laughs> to the what was it? I forget the um the other ones, but as if you, we, want, if you want to really illustrate how far away he went from like a very <laughs> normal scene on a submarine to like an underwater race of like of like shrimp men. Where I, and and then and then Aquaman at the very end driving a Balrogian type ocean creature, you know what I I'm saying? I mean, you went from you went from norm to absolutely bonkers at the end of the movie. But you know what? It felt earned, right? Yeah. Because you you didn't get there right away. You, you built up to it. So and they were by talking that time, about this stuff. Like, right, exactly. They were hinting at the different races, the other different Atlantean races, mm -hmm. the different underwater races. King Drago is So I appreciated that. Which was awesome, too. Yeah. And we've then... Seen, yes, we've seen uh, Do uh, yeah, Dolph Lundgren in, in so many movies lately, and I'm so happy about that. Yep. <laughs> and, and so... And it, we had the scene where we leaned back into James Wan's horror horror roots, right? Yeah. The, 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 the part where they're at the... The realm of the the trench, the right? Kingdom mm -hmm. the, trench. the kingdom of the trench. The that was very horror esque mm -hmm. type thing. Yeah, and, you know, I said that was one of the more interesting scenes. For me. Exactly. So you know, it. I appreciated the fact that you know it was well done. It was well paced. It was well acted. The soundtrack, eh, I, I could live without and stuff like that. Um, the the movie felt like it was a hash between National Treasure. Story Game of movie. Thrones, Lord of the Rings. You had all that Jurassic World, like you but said. but it grabbed Gladiator. It grabbed, yeah, it grabbed the best Thor. aspects. It was kind of like Thor too. It was yeah. like a whole family it was The whole exactly. Wet Thor. Yeah, you saw <laughs> the fish out of water, right? You know what I'm saying? Thor, yeah. So, it, but it grabbed the best aspects of all those movies, and it just mashed it all together. And like I said, it shouldn't work because those are all different type of movies. Mm -hmm. But somehow James Wan found a way to do it. And you know what? Jason Momoa was having so much fun in that movie. And and just, just to let you know, my favorite part of the movie, and I spoke to ASAP about that, right? Mm -hmm. Was the part where he was having a drink with his dad. Oh, that scene? In the bar, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And you had these big guys they come over. Him. They were approaching him. And you're thinking massive bar fight, right? And at the very, very last minute, the big guy that was leading the charge pulls out a pink phone. Hey, can I have a selfie? <laughs> you know? Oh. So, you okay. know, that just that just tells you what Aquaman's all about because you know, it goes from the first picture where he's where Aquaman looks like he's annoyed and you know he's super serious. Yeah. And then yeah. at the very end, it looks like they're having a ball. They've had like 20 drinks at that point, you know what I'm saying? He's like He's like, Woo! Like, you know, it's like it's like the end of the Hangover when they have all the weird photos. <laughs> exactly. Before, before that's kind of what you see. Oh, that's kind of what I thought about in that scene too. That's another movie that influenced this movie, apparently. Yeah, it's got influences <laughs> all over the place. It's just all over the place, basically, in terms of influences. Well, what about you, Meta? Tell us some of your thoughts. Well, for one. Aquaman is not a punk anymore. No, 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 no. He has not been for some time in the comics, but for the most part, he's been a punk. Yeah. Unlike yeah. Ben, ben, most of media. He, he's he's graduated from his entourage days, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's that's one thing. The other thing was I don't really pay attention to the music. That's that's not a problem with me. Mm -hmm. What I was focused on was the story. Okay. And I thought the story was really really compelling. 
from the origins of the villains, mm-hmm. how each character played off of one another. Like, I liked how Orm was... Because, see, here's the thing. One of the things that Aquaman, I think, did really well was see Orm in the old days. Mm-hmm. Um, a good way, uh, a good snapshot that really gives you an idea of this is the... I think it's Justice League Unlimited, and it's basically where... Look at the episode where Aquaman loses his arm. That is textbook Orm. We see them deviate from that. There are some aspects of that we see in that movie where he's like the schemer. Do it for me. But in this one, he's like full on warrior. Like I have trained for this day. This is my job. Step off. He's like, I'm going to fight my own battles. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that they did that instead of the schemey, schemey textbook. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. He's not warm tongue. He's like totally more involved in that. Come on. And is he really a villain? No. Because you look at you look at his reasoning, <laughs> right? I just gotta say, like it's like almost it's, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like it's like Infinity War. It's like so many movies. If you look underneath, there are family issues in this. I mean, this, this is all. They don't even have to look underneath. On this it's movie. the Aqua version of it's all those all family yeah, he a, issues. He was abandoned by his mom. All family you issues, know? and his two brothers like facing off against each other. It's like the legacy of their father. But but I'm I'm even more going into the the reason why he wants to have the war with the the, the land brothers. the land dwellers right mm-hmm. his reasoning is pollution mm-hmm. listen you know not for nothing he's got a point yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was a cool scene too, by the way, where he like where he throws all the garbage, all the trash <laughs> back onto land with that huge wave. So is he really a villain? He's kind of like a killmonger, right? Well, killmonger <laughs> is is you know he's doing the right thing, but he's going about it the wrong way. It's like an underwater you know? Captain Planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he's just trying to save the environment. I think I don't know, but except he just wants to murder. You know, <laughs> and, and again, like I guess one of the things that should be mentioned again that everybody seemed to like also that we probably didn't talk too much about is Black Manta had a really awesome character arc in this. Black movie. Manta is another. Th- Black Manta is another thing that shouldn't work because that, they that outfit, ripped man. they ripped it right out of the comic book page. Yeah, there. You, you know what? Ten years ago, this you couldn't do this. No, you could not, not do this ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That was comic book accurate they didn't change anything mm-hmm. that was literally ripped off the pages and he looked awesome and, that guy, and i can't believe it because that helmet right that actor like was he he struck the right tone between like like a really a really like realistic performance and just making it just like like comic booky enough because he was like he was seething for like the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> like half the time he's like I will destroy you Aquaman and like yeah. I don't know it was just it was just so awesome how they set it up and how like they had Aquaman's conflict with how he essentially created Black Manta there, there, that was, was an awesome character yeah right? so it, we're it, gonna see him again it was sure. easy it was easy to make him a one note character and, and kind of like a throwaway because mm-hmm. his whole his whole reason for being was Actually, getting revenge. Yeah, exactly. Well, but yeah, getting revenge. But like, but but they made him interesting. Yes. To to their credit, because that is a character that could easily have gone off the rails. Right, and he you wasn't know? in the movie for like a ton of time. Time he was in it for a significant. He was like amount a Boba Fett. Of time, and like the, the and I, 
the last thing, I guess, for me, I guess, Black Manta related and probably Aquaman related, because we're going to wrap this whole thing up over here, is that I, I think I, it's just a small detail. I like how the fight wrapped up. I like how he beat Black Manta. That was cool. Like when he like basically tossed that that bowl, like huge bowl at him, basically. <laughs> and you just see him like from his perspective crashing down violently into the ocean with this thing wrapped around his neck. You're like, this guy's dead, dude. And then you got the mid-credit scene. Then you see that he's not. But I mean, I think we're all pretty much in, in well enough agreement that Aquaman was awesome for different reasons, maybe from everyone. Some of us like felt a certain way about the story. Some of us felt a different way about the story, but we all really enjoyed Aquaman. So this is another one that we have to say. 17 out of 20 rings of power. I mean, I guess there's five of us at the table right now. So this is five thumbs up, I would imagine. Yeah, I agree with that. Six out of seven Dragon Balls. There you go. That's good enough for me. I think Aquaman was pretty awesome and we encourage all of you to see it. So I would like to say... For this week, uh, I would like to thank all of you denizens of the internet for joining us once again for another awesome episode of Pop Culture Over Pizza. And once again, uh, I'd like to say goodbye to you all. And just before we sign off, I'd like to say again, you can find us on Twitter, PCOP Podcast. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on many of the most memorable and awesome streaming platforms, including, obviously, you're listening to us on Anchor, so you can find us there, of course. Uh, you can also find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us, oh Lord, where else are we even on? We're yeah. on Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Check us out whenever you can, guys. Give us a like, send us some comments, send us some feedback. We want to hear what you guys think. We know you're listening out there. Tell us what you think about the show. And uh, signing off, my name is Jose. Aqua Balrog, long live King Arthur. Uh, this is the Metatron bidding the adieu. Adieu. This is Walter. May the force be with you. This is Elias, and like Ninja says, do it for the vine. <laughs> Stay geeky, internet. Peace. <laughs>